Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Improvisational comedy, or just plain improv, is the trained skill of improvised acting and spontaneously creating hilarity. If you're like me, you may view spontaneity as creating new things on the spot, creativity on demand. But spontaneity is something you already possess. It's about removing the mental blocks to your innate creativity and letting your inner self shine. We often have a gut instinct about what's funny in the moment and that can serve us well. Training in improv comedy allows you to recognize those moments, relax, and let your spontaneity flow. You will stress less about what is and isn't allowed and speak up more freely. So I wanted to invite someone who's all about the improv. Empire Comedy is a company that practices long-form improvisational comedy, inventing and performing new theatrical performances on the fly in real time every week. The company is celebrating its five-year anniversary, and my guest today is founder Michael Lewis, who is a veteran of the Los Angeles improv scene, who started the company to foster an improv scene here in Reno. In addition to presenting regular public performances, Michael Lewis also teaches improv classes for beginners and more advanced students. It's part of his mission to introduce this young art form to Northern Nevadans and to build a community for it here in Reno. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for having me. When we first met, I told you that many years ago when I was starting my track to be a highly paid public speaker, professional public speaker, One of the things that I drew on from my childhood was Mm -hmm. I used to always put on skits and I used Mm -hmm. to love to act and play. And so improv kind of fit right into that. So I actually went and took improv classes here in Reno long before you got here. What a great thing to do. And so I just I want you to share with people. Let's give them your backstory first and then we'll, we'll take it from there. I was lucky enough to start improvising when I was 17 in uh, Bakersfield, California, which bizarrely had an improv team uh, since about 1992, um, which in the history of improv is they probably shouldn't have a team until now for based on how young this art form is and how improv is really growing. Um, But I was lucky enough to start doing it when I was 17. I saw my first show sometime around there, and then they had an audition for uh, high school kids to do it. And that was back in 1995. And I've been improvising in some capacity ever since. My more kind of formal training where I really feel like I actually learned about the art of improvisation was at uh, IO West in uh, Los Angeles, which at the time I didn't realize, but that was really early in that theater being in LA. The Chicago company, IO, had been around for a really long time, but a bunch of the people had just moved to LA and then they were kind of standing around one day and were like, hey, remember that thing we did with all of us? all the time anyway. So they were already there. So they kind of had a theater. They had performers and people built in already. But So I got to perform with those guys. And then I did shows there for a long time and then uh, moved to the mountains to be a ski bum after I graduated from college. And then I've been kind of bouncing around since then. And I founded Empire in 2007. Uh, we had our first show January of 07. 
I've been teaching and performing here in Reno since then. You know, I've taught kids. I've taught at some local high schools. I've taught a workshop. I taught a workshop most recently for IGT. Uh, and I also continue to go around and teach at other improv uh theaters around the area. I've taught in, you know, Roseville and San Jose and a few of those places. And I go to improv festivals and some of my, one of my good friends is founded an improv theater in New York. So I periodically go there and get to perform and hang out and be a part of that theater too, which is really fun. But that's kind of what my background is. I definitely uh, spent a lot of time thinking about it and kind of being consumed by it, uh, which is weird because I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really super artsy as a kid. And then really starting to do improvisation is really where I discovered that's really what I was passionately excited about and pretty much all the aspects of the jobs I've had my no day jobs because this doesn't pay for my living, <laughs> which I know is a shocker. Uh, I was even talking to a friend of mine in Chicago who does make his living doing this and he was talking about somebody that he knew and he said, oh, he make, you know makes he gets by you know as an improviser. I'm like, I know you could do that even in Chicago. Well, you're still a young company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, and we're getting the word out. Yeah, and it's and I mean, it's definitely it's a small it's a small art form, and I think it's the thing that's really difficult is you have to explain it to everybody. Whereas you know, if it's a stand up comedian, you go, oh, here's this joke. Oh, I think that joke's funny. I'll go watch it. Whereas it's like, okay, well, what's going to happen? We don't know. Well, is it funny? Yeah. Well, but what happens? I don't know. And then if you describe a show to someone, it's like, oh, they did this and it was really funny, and people are like, I don't really get it, and they're like, oh, but this happened first, and that's why it was. And then, and by the time you've explained it, that person's kind of lost interest. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Michael Lewis, who is the founder of Empire Comedy. Kind of on that line, because people really don't understand the art form of improv. And unless you've done it, which I've done it, and yeah. you obviously started a company around it. Yeah. They don't um, – well, one of my absolute, absolute favorite shows, I still watch it today, is mm-hmm. Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. Because those guys rock it as far as, you know, just total improv at a level that most will never get there. But that's not mm-hmm. our point today. Yeah. We want to talk about why this is going to benefit people, why they should even consider it. But let's get back to the art form itself because Mm -hmm. it's not scripted. It's not you're going to come in and perform a scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the thing that's amazing is most people kind of don't – they think it's a parlor trick or they think that, you know, it's like like magic. Um, This is not to denigrate magic at all. Magic's an amazing skill that you have to learn how to do, but it's a skill that you're deceiving someone somehow. And improv is actually, when it's done well, is exactly what it – claims to be but through you know simply listening and agreeing and moving forward together you and you can create an improv show that's worth watching and is captivating and has interesting characters uh but a lot of times people just look at it and they're like oh well, well how do you do it well what did you what did you know beforehand or how did you do it? like well, i don't know I, we we didn't know we walk in with nothing and we create it right in front of you and people are kind of they just don't expect that to be true and it's it's so i mean it's the most profoundly simple form of performance because you walk into a room with nothing and then you create everything. And and when it's done well, I can remember, oh my gosh, a gazillion years ago because I grew up in Marin County, California, mm-hmm. Robin Williams, mm-hmm. who is a master of improv. But this mm-hmm. is way before Mork and Mindy. This was when he was really starting Still in San Francisco. Yeah. And I saw him perform and I mean I literally was in tears I was mm. laughing so hard and I just said this guy is going places and mm. unfortunately he went to the final place no. of late but what a master at the improv yeah and I think that's the thing two people often talk about like well what's the last time you when's the last time you laughed the hardest 
it probably wasn't watching a comedy or whatever. It was probably sitting around talking with your friends and someone said something that genuinely surprised you. Um, and I think that improv kind of recreates, has the ability to recreate those moments. Like there's things that I think are really funny, but I probably, outside of laughing with my friends, I think improv actually makes you laugh harder just because it's it it's surprising to the people on stage too. They didn't know it was going to happen either. And those really just honest moments when they happen are kind of shocking. Um, in a wonderfully fun way. Uh, but I think that's kind of one of the experiences that people kind of go, oh, okay, that is true. I definitely do laugh harder with my friends than I do. Um, and the improvisers and the audience are creating a shared experience together at the same time. The players have no more idea what's going to happen than the audience does. So everybody's surprised together and you all go on that journey together, which I think is, it's part of the fun thing is like succeed or fail, you all get to see it created in that moment. Uh, and I tell students all the time, like the best show you've ever you ever do in your whole life, you never get to do again, and the worst show you've ever done in your whole life, you never have to do again, right? Because um, it's completely ephemeral. There's no you can't grab onto it and hang on to it because it's like, oh well, we did that, right? Bye bye. Well, and, and I'm sure some of you know our listeners right now are like, oh, this is there's no way I can do. I'm not a funny person, yeah. And that's not what improv is about. No, I think, and the reason I think it's a super valuable skill is, you know, I was. I was 17 when I started, so I think it kind of radically shifted how I probably would be as a person now. But I think the thing that's really affected, like that I've talked to several of my students, I've had several students who did it because they were um, really struggled in either social situations or just being in front of people, and they wanted to find a way to like overcome that. And improv teaches you something that like, you know, taking a speech class or whatever doesn't because it teaches you, it's completely interactive. You have to listen to your scene partner. You have to be engaged with someone else. And if you're not, the scene doesn't work. Like no matter how you know wonderful you might be in improv, if I'm in a scene and I'm going to ignore everything you're doing, the scene's terrible, um, and the audience isn't interested, and there's no connection made. And I think that's why it's super useful outside of you know as a performer, it's wonderfully useful. But I think for me, uh, every job I've ever had, being able to talk to people, and I'm like I'm not freaked out when anybody does just about anything because of been at a bunch of improv with people staring at me. I've been in shows and I didn't know what was going to happen. And you just kind of get used to it. And you don't know, you know, I don't know what I'm going to say in this conversation. And I'm not like freaked out. Oh my gosh, what am I going to say? That's right. Cause this is totally improvised. Yeah. We didn't write any of, <laughs> we didn't write any of this down. We have no idea what we're going to say. Uh, and I think that's the thing that makes it so super useful is because a lot of times people forget that. And I do, you know, I've done super simple exercises with people. I'm like, all right, go up there as yourself in front of an audience and just be honest with one another. And it's strange how captivating people are when they're just themselves on stage. Well, and the other nice thing about improv is it takes people. So it's not like a stand-up comedian where you're Mm -hmm. on your own or, you know, like an actress or whatever. This Mm -hmm. is truly you're in a group setting. It could be just one other person. It could Mm -hmm. be ten. Yeah. And that's part of why this is so powerful because Mm -hmm. it is group engagement. And now it's not just, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know what the other five or six people are going to do. Yeah. I mean, and (laughs) that's what's what's wonderful about it is you create the whole thing together. I mean, people, you know, that are doing anything together, it – it, I'm sure that same level of success or collaboration is there. But with this, there's nothing without the group. Um, you walk in with nothing and whatever you create, succeed or fail, you've done it as a group. I mean, I've walked away from shows that were not good at all, but felt really good about it because it was like, wow, we we bombed together. Like we did that <laughs> horrible, awful thing that no one enjoyed, but we did it together. And when you walk away from that, you realize that, you know, you hang on to the quality of the show kind of loosely. And I think, again, in life, when you can, you know, if you're in a meeting and you're intimidated about speaking or whatever, uh, if you do, 
if you follow some of the philosophy of improv, you're going to be more willing to just speak up and say what your thought is. And if the other people are willing to collaborate, like, well, let's at least follow that idea. Right. It might be terrible. Who knows? But let's not let's you know, people say there are no bad ideas. But how often are you in a meeting in a business setting where someone says something yesterday? And it get, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't get beyond the one. You can sentence. see it on my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, it never gets beyond the one idea because people are just like, oh, that's a terrible idea because they think about the 20 things about it that won't work. Like, oh, okay, well, let's at least explore this possibility. Um, and even if that idea is a bad idea, well, it opens the possibility of finding another route. But if you shut down before you, you get on the freeway, as it were, you're never going to get anywhere. Right. So I think that's the part of it that I think why it's, it's super common in businesses now. And business schools oftentimes have an improv component as well as, you know, law schools and things as far as just making you comfortable. All right. Well, we are going to try to make you a little uncomfortable when we come back <laughs> because we are talking about improv. Stick with us. This is Carl Gearhart from SCORE. This is Steve Rath from SCORE. This is Irene DeHuff from SCORE. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she interacts with almost every organization in the Reno area that helps startups and existing businesses. Sherry Hill is a business owner's best friend. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. Years ago, when I was starting to learn the art of public speaking and realized it's a true craft, which means you have to work on it at every level, I took an improv class here in Reno. Besides being a lot of fun, the training gave me more presence on the platform, helped me connect with my listeners, and certainly has made my presentations more memorable. In the area of public speaking, it's one of the most valuable skill-building resources available to you. My interesting guest today is Michael Lewis, who began his foray into improvisation over 15 years ago with the Hermit Colony in the hub of art and culture in Bakersfield, California, and then eight years ago founded Empire Comedy in Reno, Nevada. Check out their website at empireimprov.com. Welcome, Michael. Hello. When I tell people that one of the things that I did as I was really honing my craft in public speaking, along with Toastmasters and lots of other things, that I went and took an improv class, they always look at me like I just stepped out of some weird time zone. When you're a public speaker and you're in front of an audience, certainly, you know, you've got your PowerPoint, you've got your stuff memorized, you've got all that. Anything and everything that can happen will happen and you have to be on 
to be able to pick up on those moments, enjoy those moments, or even just be able to deal with those moments. And I know of no better way in whatever setting that an improv class couldn't help. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have a lot of I've had a lot of stand up comedians who've taken classes from me and they've said it, it does help them in the writing process. But beyond anything else, it really just makes you kind of learn to be comfortable in your own skin, because really the best point of view you can have in an improv scene, right, because you're walking in with nothing is starting someplace that's close to you and then maybe deviating slightly from that. But being comfortable with yourself on stage is what makes it useful for anyone. And a lot of stand up comedians have really, you know, who's, their whole life is public you know, their job is public engagement, they really appreciate the fact that like, oh, wow, well, I'm way less nervous when I flub a joke or somebody says something in the middle of a punchline. It just makes them more relaxed. And when I was teaching at IGT recently, I was talking to a group of guys who are part of their um, sales force, for lack of a better term, but talking about how talking with clients, occasionally a client will bring up something and be like, hey, well, what about this? But their presentation was geared towards this other thing. And they're kind of, you know, they, they struggle with that. Uh, and I'm kind of, ha- I have the opposite fear as an improviser is I am much more intimidated and afraid of being on stage with something I have to do because I can screw that up. I need to get from point A to point B. In an improv show, there is no, you're only at point A and then B is whatever that A led you to. Whereas if you're writing it, if you're in a script, you have to follow that. Um, and I think, you know, improv being prepared for that, oh, well, this is what I wanted to talk about, but the audience really is more interested in this. Or I realized that I kind of missed the point here. Or this person has a really valid question, and maybe I should address that. And all those things about preparing yourself for that unknown, I think, is great. And- well, and and it can even be as simple as just a one-on-one customer meeting. It can be so. I mean, literally last week I had this gentleman in my office, and he's from Spain. And so, obviously, you know, there's not – it wasn't a language barrier, very intelligent Mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. But right in the middle of me explaining something, that a question that they had asked, Mm -hmm. right – I mean, literally, in the middle of my sentence, he goes, you speak funny. (laughs) And so, I mean, I had to stop, but I'm like, do you mean that I'm funny when I speak? Or do you – are you not understanding? And, I mean, it literally just – right, literally in the middle of my sentence – but then how do you take that and just go with it? You know, mm. should I have been offended? Should I have just ignored yeah. it? And I'm, yeah. Well, I, th- I think, to <laughs> me, talking about improv specifically, I think those moments are the, are the best moments on stage is when someone makes a, quote, mistake, and they say something wrong or do something that didn't quite fit, and you notice it, and you follow that, and it takes you down the most wonderful paths. And when you're, you know... In real life, when you're talking to someone, like you might be talking about something, but they bring up something else, which is more interesting, which you should have been talking about anyway. But if you don't actually listen to your scene partner or the person you're talking to, you may miss those opportunities to talk about something that was much more interesting. Um, And I think that's really what improv is. It teaches, you know, not only teaches a heightened listening and an awareness of, okay, how is that person sitting and what is it saying to me? It teaches you to really hone in on what they're doing and notice it. So if that guy noticed that you were, you know, you talk funny, well, talk about it. It clearly was out of the norm. Like, don't ignore it. That's – in improv, that's the most fun thing that you can do. But in life, that that's more interesting. You, would you have brought it up if you didn't do that? You probably wouldn't have brought it up at all. So I think, though, again, that's why those, mo- those moments are memorable in life. They're memorable on stage too. Don't, don't miss that. Like every once in a while you see something – you know, I have a bunch of friends that are improvisers. So when they see something interesting in life, they always point it out and they're always excited that they got to be a part of like, 
whatever it was, whether it was some crazy person at a bodega in New York or, you know, the person who, you know, had snuck their cat into a, you know, a restaurant was like feeding it down their shirt or all those interesting, fun things like those interesting moments are what make life and people interesting. It's not the normal stuff. It's well, but that also, I mean, when you, you know, convert that into the business world, I mean, mm. if you are in the moment and you're actively listening and mm. now these unusual or unexpected occurrences show up, mm-hmm. I mean, how has this helped? Because you're brought into companies to go mm. in and, and teach and, and help people really yeah. be in that moment for blogging, for website mm. development, for presentations, for mm-hmm. working at a trade show, for all that marketing. Yeah. yeah. And everything is interpersonal interaction. I mean, unless you are a programmer and all you do is program and don't interact with other humans, every job, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's public or not, you're interacting with other people and your success or failure is really dictated on how well you interact with other people. You don't have to be social, gregarious, you know, good time Charlie, but can you listen and respond honestly to people? Like that's a pretty important skill to have. Um, and to really listen, like if you say something and if you tend to be someone who maybe is a little more blunt than a lot of people are comfortable with, when you say something, looking at that person and going, oh, perhaps that was a little more blunt than I should have been. <laughs> or, oh, that's what they really wanted to hear. Oh, that's what they're really interested in. Or whatever those things are. And people talk about in business that those, you know, personal relationships really get you further than just, you know, talking brass tacks about business. And having those engaging conversations and allowing for that freedom of exchange of ideas, I think makes anything more successful. It's pretty rare that someone is, I have a great idea and I can push it on you people and we're all gonna march up that hill together. It's they've got to sell you on that deal. They've got to interact with you and go, hey, Let's all march up this mountain together. And improv requires that at its foundation because there's no mountain without each other. So I think getting the, you know, getting that point of like, we're all going to do this together, succeed or fail, whatever it is, we're going to do this silly, ridiculous thing. But if all five of us do it, everybody's in. If one of us is kind of half-heartedly there, that's the only thing the audience is going to notice. Right. Same thing if you're, in a, if you're in a meeting and everybody's like, well, that seems silly. Let's all just pile on to whatever that idea is. Let's see what it is. And if, you know, Bob's sitting over there going, mm-mm, no, mm-mm, <laughs> that idea is dead at that moment. And who knows? So don't be, don't be Bob. Yeah. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Michael Lewis who is the founder of Empire Comedy. Check out his site at empireimprov.com. And when you think about what you were just talking about, that, you know, when I look at the trend of today and the younger population, and they're all zoned into their iPhones and iPads, and they're really not in the moment with me here, I wonder if this art form is actually going to be lost on this younger population because they don't exhibit the behavior of true improv, spontaneity, being in the moment, being present, actively listening. I think that's funny. I mean, I I don't know. Everybody's whatever, this generation, that generation. Like, I think anybody, if you put them in that situation, they can do it. It's just a choice. doesn't matter what it is. There's kids you went to kids. You went to school with kids who just had their nose in a book 100 percent of the time. There's a lot more kids with their noses than something else. But this is adults now too. Yeah, so. that's true. I mean, my daughter, my daughter, you know, I've I've taught her to say, you know, Papa, put the phone away. And if she asks, I put the phone away. But by teaching, she's three. She's oh, not like okay. a, she's not an older yeah. kid. But for me, I'm like, when she walks up to me, if she asks, I'm gonna 
put it away. Um, but I need to listen. Mm-hmm. Like I got to pay attention to what she's doing. So, I mean, I think that they're, you know, every generation is different, but really if you actively want to engage or you want to do it, I think it's it's innate in people. Like people are interactive. Right, but my thought, the, the trail of this thought is really about, I mean, I was at a fabulous girlfriend weekend all weekend and we're listening to this, you know, live band, mm-hmm. great food, all sitting around the table. There's five of us. Four of them have their heads buried in their phones. Whether they're taking pictures of the thunderstorm or whatever, and or you know, talking you about are, the conver- talking about the conversation that you're sudden, having. I mean, I just said to them, "My gosh, you guys, look at four of you have your face buried in your phone, and I'm the only one here that's completely unplugged, mm-hmm. right? So I am your model of unplugged. Yeah. However." For those listening, if you are one of those highly plugged, then improv might be a great release for you because there's all these things about how do you get unplugged now. I knew Mm -hmm. that was coming down the pipe. Mm -hmm. This is a great outlet for getting unplugged. I think for sure. I mean, I think the other thing, too, it's really fun. Like aside, like, you know, it probably would be, you know, I'm trying to use an example. Like I'm sure learning Chinese would be really good and useful for people, you know. If they're in business, it's probably a good useful <laughs> skill to have. Learning Chinese, probably not that fun uh, compared to learning improv because the goal is to go up go up there and have fun. And even if you do poorly, everybody's going to laugh and I'll be like, yeah, I was on a terrible scene a minute ago. Let's let's try and do better next time. But I think it's a super fun thing that does require kind of inner interaction. I talked to someone who runs an improv theater in San Jose recently. He said it's like in – he deals with a lot of tech people and he said it's like kind of the new version of a bowling league of like, oh, we go – you know, my buddies get together and we go and take an improv class because it's fun and it's interactive. And in some ways it probably does make you unplug because you have to – I mean, you literally have to unplug because when you're in the scene, you have to be engaged with the person that's on on stage. And I think that that's it's fun to do that. And it forces it. Whereas if you're having a conversation with your friends, like unless you have someone who's really dictatorial. Well, if I'm bowling, they're all going to be on their phone still. <laughs> they, uh, improv. Yeah. I'm, that's why I'm getting yeah, my gr- exactly. girls. We're going to improv. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a good time. And I think yeah. the other thing, too, is it really people get really excited about it. And it really does. Um, it changes the way you think about a lot of things. It makes you notice things that you don't normally notice and makes you, you know, listen and observe in a, in a radically different way than you do normally. Um, and whatever, if it just takes you putting down the phone for, you know, three hours or whatever to go and, and watch what's going on and be present with people, I think that that's what's key. And that, I mean, that's what it really boils down to is being present in the moment that you're in and ignoring everything else and just being in that moment. And how often does that happen in life or in anything? I mean, most of the time when you're talking to someone, you're thinking about, okay, what am I going to say next? Um, if you're in the right frame of mind when you're improvising or when you're having a conversation, you should be profoundly listening to what that person has to say. And only after they're done speaking, should you have any idea what you're going to say next? Um, and that's what leads you to the next moment. And all those happy accidents I was talking about an improv scene are there, but I think all those happy accidents, the most fun conversation you had with your friend the other day, someone noticed whatever, some crazy person walked down the street and we're like, well, what about that? And then you follow that to a place you never would have gotten there if you hadn't observed. Improvised conversation with my guest, Michael Lewis, who is the founder of Empire Comedy here in Reno, Nevada. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This is Kathy Halbadier from Nevada Industry Excellence. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she supports our outreach and efforts in economic development. Sherry Hill is the wealth protection diva. 
Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is Tom Taramina from Virginia City, Nevada. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she has the passion for excellence. Sherry Hill is your next business advisor. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. Improvisation or improv isn't just for laughs. As it turns out, hidden beneath the sketches seen on popular shows like Saturday Night Live or Chicago's famous Second City are skills leaders and business executives could use, especially in today's frenetic business environment. That's why business schools at esteemed institutions such as Duke, MIT, and UCLA have all made investments in improv training. It's not that executives these days need to be funny or able to act, although some might argue it couldn't hurt, but the skills used in improv are rooted in communication, influence, engagement, listening, relationship building, and awareness. The root of improv isn't comedy, but the ability to react and be present in the moment, and both are skills business executives must have. Michael Lewis is a veteran of the Los Angeles improv scene who started Empire Comedy to foster an improv scene here in Reno. In addition to presenting regular public performances, Michael Lewis also teaches improv classes for beginners and more advanced students. It's part of his mission to introduce this young art form to Northern Nevadans and to build a community for it here in Reno. So let's talk about Michael, your classes, and if I'm someone who's been listening, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Sherry. She's always doing this weird stuff, which doesn't matter. That's what I do. I can relate everything to business. But if I was someone who was listening going, well, maybe that that might help my public speaking or leadership ability, tell us about your classes. I think one of the best examples is I had had a student who literally would lose consciousness when she was in front of people. Well, <laughs> like if she would she would pass out if she was uh, in front of people. And so she took an improv class because she was profoundly afraid of that. Um, she got to the point where not only did she take the class, she got to the point where she was performing with us, that it was that effective for her. I'm not saying if that effective. It's not therapy. But I think that if, you know, it can be that useful to someone who is that profoundly afraid of being in front of people, you know, if you're, you're more people are somewhere else on the spectrum. How much more helpful is that going to be for you in your day-to-day life? It's going to be a lot of fun. And really the thing that a lot of people are like, oh, but I'm not funny. I honestly think that people can be more successful in improv that aren't funny or don't, not aren't funny, but don't know that they're funny. Because the people that really just pursue those honest moments on stage that are just able to be honest and listen and engage with the person they're on stage with, they do much better. They find all kinds of funny things that they had no idea and the funny person would have ignored. 
they would have been like, oh, well, I need to be like, Um, instead of going, all right, I'm going to listen to this moment right here and right now and talk about that. How does it make me feel? Um, And those moments of honesty. I, I think that's really what, you know, the heart of improvisation for me, my whole level one class focuses on, you know, just two person scenes. How do I feel successful on stage with one other person? Um, and if you take the skills that you learn on how to succeed in stage, they're the same skills it's going to take you to succeed having a conversation with someone anywhere. Right. Um, and also just the ability of like, you're going to have people in the class. They're all students with you. They're all in that same boat. No one's like not going to do the thing on stage. Everybody's going to do it. So you're in a room full of people that's completely supportive and everybody wants to see you succeed. I think that's part of the thing that's great about improv is you might go want to watch a stand-up comedian fail in some sort of, you know, schadenfreude type situation. But in improv, you're all kind of going like, well, we really hope they pull this off. Like we, we all are on their side. Uh, and I think that that kind of general attitude is part of the reason why people really get deeply involved in improv is because it's, it teaches you to, to shut up your brain and be like, calm down, relax, you know, be at peace and react in the moment. Just let your, you know, the not shut off that part of your brain that's going to judge or whatever and just say the thing that comes out of your mouth. And having a room full of people that are really excited about that, it's a really safe environment to do that. Whereas, again, in a speech class or some other class, they might be like, oh, well, that person did good. Well, I don't want to follow them or I don't want to do it. There's definitely it's – a, it's a group. And, you know, I still remember all the people and a lot of people's names in, you know, my first improv classes. You know, that was 20 years ago. I can name I can name probably 15 of the 25 people in that and I couldn't name 15 people from my, you know, my 12th grade English class. <laughs> right. Uh, right. because you shared this wonderful thing with with them. Um and some of them I'm still friends with, but a lot of them is just like, oh, I remember that person because of the things we did together on stage right. that we failed together or we succeeded together. So so you don't take an improv class because, you know, well you can to be, you know, your goal is to be a stand-up comedian. This is really around for me, I chose it because it helped me in public speaking. Mm-hmm. For others, it might be commanding in a boardroom. For others, it might be you have to lead a team. And so mm-hmm. how do you deal with all these, you know, things that are going to happen and they mm-hmm. are going to happen? And and so there's a lot of application for this. So the mm-hmm. first level and then by the end, what do you have, three levels? You I said? teach three different levels yeah. uh, of classes. So basically the first class is just, for me, the foundation of improv is that two-person scene. And it's really just getting yourself to relax and just be comfortable on stage and to listen honestly. Um, and then the second uh, a level of classes basically focus on doing things as a group, creating, you know, a whole stage picture with a whole lot of people. And the dynamics of, you know, a, a scene with five people is totally different than the dynamics of a scene with two people and creating all those things together. And then level three kind of puts all those elements together in a specific long form performance, which is called the Herald, which is kind of a foundational improv form that's way too boring to explain because it's been explained mm-hmm. tons of times people are like i don't get it Just go watch a hundred <laughs> of them and it'll make perfect sense but it definitely applies all those skills of all those things to create a whole piece of improv or a whole piece of theater from just one suggestion. So basically, you know, level one, you're going to work on the two person scene. Then you're going to learn some group stuff and level three, we're going to put that together. And basically at the end of the class, someone's going to give you one suggestion. You're going to perform for 20 or 30 minutes, creating every element of that show just with the people that you're in the class with, um, which I think is fun, 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 fun. I mean, I dug when I took the classes and just laughed and had a great Mm -hmm. time. And, and honestly, 
you know, a lot of these people, you don't even know them. No. Right? Uh, I mean, unless it's like you mentioned in the last one, the group of guys, instead of bowling, they go do improv where they're your buddies and you want to just laugh with them. Mm -hmm. But it really takes you to a whole nother level of communication and effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And you get to just be absolutely who you are. There's no pretense because you have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, the other thing I think it's super fun is I love watching, you know, the people that take improv classes are super diverse. Um, The age range from the current class I'm running now is probably close to 60 years. How often are you in a situation where you're going to get to watch a scene with a 22-year-old and a 70-year-old? How often do you get to see that? And watching them, again, all have the same goals in mind, watching those two people do a scene together is is really interesting because you don't get to see that. Like how many times are you – get to throw those two people together. And, you know, maybe the, the six-year-old is going to be playing a teenager and the other one's going to be playing their mom. Like, you don't know all those things. Right. Yeah. And I think, to me, that's super fun to get to watch that because it's really, it's super surprising and surprising for them, too, because they're like, what do I have in common with this person? And they have this in common. And right. it's great. You it's have this moment fun. in exactly. common. That's all you have. And that's all you need. Like, that's the part that's super weird is that there's this weird magical thing about improv that lets something like, on paper, it's the worst idea ever. It's terrible. Like, okay, we're going to go to a theater and they don't know what they're going to do why would i watch that, that <laughs> or sounds, pay to watch it yeah why would i pay to watch it that sounds awful and when it's at its best the, the people that are the best at this there is absolutely no effort and it looks exactly like a scripted play there there are two guys that perform in chicago that do it so well and i've seen them several times you can't see the mechanics by which they do it right it just looks like written theater and you care about characters as deeply as if it was written work now, that's the goal. A lot of times we just end up doing wacky, silly stuff that's a lot of fun. But if that's the goal, like, hey, maybe you'll get there every once in a while. But, you know, that it's everything in between there. It's like, you, whose line is it anyway? Where it's like, okay, we're going to sing a silly song and rhyme. Okay, a lot of fun. Still a lot of the same elements. Or we're going to create a piece of theater that's as good as scripted theater in one moment. Like, right. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Michael Lewis, who is the founder of Empire Comedy. And, of course, we've been talking about improv and how you as business owners can totally use this or anyone that just wants to have a great time but where would you like them to check out to learn more about your classes and your trainings and all those uh the website is the best place to go so you go to empireimprov.com and i have uh classes up there uh as well as some brief descriptions of the classes um i also i teach you know specifically at improv festivals and other things so i could create something specific for your business um you know i taught i'm potentially going to be doing something for the ski instructors association next year um Ski instructors aren't really people that do, you know, public speaking necessarily, but their whole job is interacting with people. Um, so I would do something different for them than I might do for a, you know, group of salesmen, or maybe it's a group of executives that just need to communicate with people of different status than them within the company. Um, so there's a lot of things I can do, and I really think that, you know, even if you have no idea specifically what your agenda is, I think having an improv class, whether you take one for me or I create something for your business, it's going to be profoundly effective at really kind of starting to get people to think in a different way about what's possible. And, you know, maybe you'll find a new hobby that's super fun, that's really entertaining. And like me, maybe you'll spend the next 20 years Well, what's it. what's very fun about this type of, I don't really want to call it comedy. I mean, it ends up being comedy because you, you have to laugh through the process is that it's it's your mind. 
So for many of us that are, you know, plowing through paperwork or working on computers, it's a different way to use your mind that you just haven't thought about versus going out and playing softball or the physical yeah. side. Yeah. Even though improv can be very physical. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, for me, I think the, the I'm the most successful when I'm improvising, when I have no idea what I'm doing, when I have no thought in my head, and when I just let the thing lead me. It's very, you know, I've never studied, you know, Buddhist philosophy, but having retroactively kind of looked at what we're trying to do on stage, the idea of meditation, you want to be almost at a meditative state where your conscious brain isn't driving. Um, and I think for that, it's a really wonderful release. Like it definitely, for me, I don't feel good when I'm not doing it. It's something that makes me feel better and it relaxes me in a way that other things don't do now um, the difference is if your teenager says to you i have absolutely no idea what i'm going to do mm. that's a different mindset than i'm on stage now with a group of people and i have absolutely no idea so yeah. this is not an excuse no, for the young no. people to go i'm just going to improv my whole life no well and i think the other <laughs> thing too is it's not it's it's for me, when I'm doing a best, it almost is a meditative state. It's that consciously I'm letting something else kind of drive for that moment. And I'm not. There are people that like, oh, yes, and is how you should leave your life. And I'm kind of like, there's a lot of things you should say no to in life. that are not safe or dangerous or mean. Don't, don't do those things. Um, on stage, all those things are safe and fair game. And that's what's fun. I can play an awful, terrible person in a scene and walk away and give you a hug and be like, hey, that was super fun. I got to play a real jerk. Uh, <laughs> but that's not who I am. And it lets you, you know, put on a whole bunch of different coats, as it were, and experience different things on stage like i don't know i've never been a mother and never will be but i could play one on stage right. i'm never going to be cast as one either <laughs> so i think as an actor i think it's a great thing you're going to get to cast. i mean i'm never going to be cast you know as as a as a linebacker that's not going to happen uh, you can't see me i'm not big no he's not going to be a linebacker. i'm not going to be a linebacker uh, <laughs> i could be a linebacker now but not yeah you. <laughs> no i'm i'm not i'm not built that way but i could play a linebacker on stage and yes. i think those are those are things again that it make improv really wonderfully fun for non-actors and for actors because you get to do things you're never going to get to do because you could be the best actor in the world and it's just not going to happen. Michael Lewis, the founder of Empire Comedy. We'll be right back. This is Robert Cornish from Reno, Nevada. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she supports coaching. Sherry Hill is taking care of business. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. This is Michael Lewis from Truckee, California. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she gives a voice to local businesses. Sherry Hill is a business owner's best friend. Welcome back to the Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. Good humor is a tonic for mind and body. It is the best antidote for anxiety and depression. It is a business asset. It attracts and keeps friends. It lightens human burdens. 
It is the direct route to serenity and contentment. It's true. I love people who make me laugh. I honestly think it's the thing I like most to laugh. In fact, I think the most wasted of all days is one without laughter. So who better to invite as my guest today but Michael Lewis, founder of Empire Comedy, an improv training center that serves Northern Nevada and Northern California. They offer three levels of improv comedy classes, plus shows and workshops for companies. So I encourage you to check out their website at empireimprov.com. Most of us know that humor is going to help us be less stressed and have more fun, and certainly the idea of improv and and showing up. You said your your one class is eight weeks long, Mm -hmm. so for eight weeks I'm going to go somewhere and I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do. Now, for a lot of people, that might freak them out. I would be like, right on, let's do it. And so how do you overcome those people, the planners, I must know, what am I getting into? Give me all the details because that's the absolute antithesis of improv. Most of the exercises, what what they try and do is to get you to turn off that part of your brain, is to get you to you know, turn off that I'm going to plan and know what's going to happen and have this agenda or whatever to try and get them to be spontaneous. There was a student I was teaching once and he was doing something and he was holding onto a bag of money. And I said, give the other person the bag of money. And he like looked at me, his eyes got real big and was like, because you don't know what's going to happen when you do that. What's (laughs) what's the point? Like, because he knew he felt safe doing, I'm going to do this one thing. And I said, let go of that. As soon as he let go of that, the scene was much more interesting and was different because he didn't know what was going to happen. And so that's just kind of a simple example of kind of going, my goal is to get you to relax and go, let's charge into the unknown together because you spent your whole life trying to be comfortable and, and know what's going to happen and have a, a, a guideline for what the situation is. So for me, it's really trying to get you to relax. And I think the other thing that really does that for someone who's afraid of it or is a real planner, you, there's a whole room full of people doing the exact same thing with you. And everybody has that same goal of let's all do this together. Again, improv uniquely in in art. Who would want to go watch an improv show fail? Because if an improv show fails, there's really nothing there. So it's that same idea of like, we're all doing this together. Let's all celebrate one another. And there's a lot of people that are super afraid of being on stage. What I do is I spend a lot of time encouraging them to go, whatever you think is right. And it is. Because any way you feel about what's going on in the scene or anything you say becomes the reality of the scene. So just say it. You've spoken into being, and now that's how it is. And I've been doing it long enough now that I can look at someone and be like, you want to say this? Say it. And when they say it, you can watch them relax because they're like, oh, I didn't know if it was good or I didn't know it was going to happen. All those things in your brain that you spend all day gone, is this the right thing to say? Is this the wrong thing to say? In improv, it's just you say the thing and that becomes the truth so you don't have to worry about it. You just feel it and then say it and then it's you're good. You're in a safe place. How fun would this be for families to do together? I mean, I think I've seen a parent and child before. I've never seen like a whole family do it. Might be kind of interesting. Yeah, it's fun. I've never, I've never really thought <laughs> hey, about it. Hey, there's a there's a new workshop. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> family improv workshop. I'm thinking about my family. Like my whole family would do it. Every time I see my dad, it's total improv, and we just laugh yeah. all the way. But there's a thought. Give yeah. that some thought. My family, my family loves to laugh, and I'm just trying to visualize that. Yeah, I just, I don't know. <laughs> they would probably do it if I told them they should yeah. do it. Well, yeah. 
I work with a lot of business people and mm-hmm. form companies, and so I'm, I'm interested in the side that where you said, I love this, mm-hmm. I'm very passionate about it, I want to yeah. help other people, how much mm-hmm. this has helped me personally, and now you actually have Empire Comedy or Empire Improv, which is the business, mm-hmm. and so to move it from the fun thing to the now I have to make money and, and, and run this like a grown-up then how is that been a you know easy struggle it's definitely tough again it goes back to the same thing that i have to explain what improv is every time it's not like you know i sell toasters and people are like i do or don't need a toaster like i sell i sell improv and people go well what is it okay well why do i need that so i have to explain everything from the outset it's it's becoming much more and more common i mean even in the eight years i've been doing this here in reno there are other groups that are improvising now in reno and a lot of those things that have really changed and when i lived in la there was really one major improv theater and now there's like four um and then there's a whole bunch of other smaller ones so it's really starting to grow and it's starting to become a part of kind of business vocabulary and companies like IBM and and Apple, I don't know if Apple does, but I know Google, they regularly have improv as a part of training for people or ways that they work together. That's really what's useful is in in a lot of times in in business, especially you're told you want to make money. This is how you're going to make money. This is the way we're going to do it. This is, and there's a, there's a line, there's a, you know, there's bullet points and there's PowerPoints and there's an agenda and all these kind of things. And it really still comes down to like, if I don't like you, how, like, it's probably not the best word, but even if, if I have difficulty communicating with you, how likely am I going to want to do business with you? If I don't feel like you listen to me, why am I going to want to give you my money? Because I'm giving you my money and you've already told me before I give it to you that I don't want to listen to you. That doesn't seem particularly right. useful. And, you know, just being that interpersonal engagement and I think creating something together. And if I had the opportunity to do improv scenes with all the bosses I've ever had, I think it would have changed the dynamic of our of our interaction because we're going to both do something we're going to be on completely equal footing and I might be the way down on the totem pole in the business world but maybe I'm really fun to do scenes with he, he's going to look at me differently it's just right. like if the person at the meeting who doesn't really contribute anything but makes everybody laugh I bet people have a better memory of that guy at the meeting than Bob who made some really valid points right. sorry Bob I'm picking on you <laughs> um, I apologize um, just stop being such a jerk <laughs> And I won't pick on you. Right. So running the business, which is kind of funny because business is, there's logical sequence of events and things that you must do in a particular order. Mm-hmm. And then it pretty much goes improv from there. Yeah. However, it, it's kind of a fascinating twist for me to mm-hmm. think about it right now because I'm you know all about business and mm-hmm. success in business and all of that. But how fun to run an improv company where really it's okay if you don't know what's going to happen. Next. Yeah, it's a challenge. I mean, the business part is that I'm, I'm a much better improviser and teacher. And all the day jobs I've ever had, all the elements of teaching are what I've been most successful at. I've been in retail management, done that. And the things I do the best are the teaching elements of it. So really, my primary source of income is going to be this. So it's it's definitely a different thing. Like I'm going to use the skills that I like the most and do the best in my regular job to try and, you know, push that forward. But the part of it I do the best is is the teaching in the actual day to day. Well, but that that's the foundation of why people go into business oh, yeah. and a huge part of how I help people because mm-hmm. that's exactly what I want you to do. Find what you're excellent at, yeah. what you love to do, what you're passionate about and figure out how to convert that into income. 
Yeah. And for me, it's definitely, that part's been a learning process, you know, as far as the promotion and all those kind of things is definitely a challenge for me. I'm really good at taking pride in the work that we put up and taking pride in the, in the classes that I teach, but it's definitely the whole marketing side and getting the word out there and kind of the glad handing part of it hasn't definitely, hasn't been my strong suit, but I'm definitely something that I'm, I'm working on now. You can do great shows, but if you only know five people, it's right. harder. It's harder. Harder to get the word out that you know it's a, it's a good thing. And I definitely you know people that you know take my classes are really excited and really positive uh, about them. Um, so I just love to get the word out to more people. Um, and for me, it so profoundly kind of changed everything about my life that I want people to have this opportunity because I think it's it's was super good for me. And I can't imagine going through my whole life. You know, I was a teenager when I got to start doing this. I can't imagine going through my whole life and not having had this as an artistic outlet, as a you know a mental health outlet, as a goal in a way that introduced me to all kinds of things about the arts that I didn't know. And becoming a more effective communicator and an oh, active yeah. listener and and leader because sometimes in improv you're the leader or somebody else. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it all shifts. Mm-hmm. It's such a powerful way to develop skill sets. The more you work on yourself, the better your company becomes. For me, it's always about what's the funnest way I can do that. Mm -hmm. And that's why 15 years ago, I took improv because it's like, why not? Yeah, It's a really (laughs) weird personal growth path, but it completely works. One of my students is is a sensei for an Aikido dojo, and he, all of the things I'm trying to get my students to do with their brain, he's trying to get them to do mentally. And it's really fascinating. Like, I had no idea about that, but that completely makes sense. And I've taught workshops um, to Aikido students and kind of getting those people to kind of relax their mind and using energy back and forth, which sounds like a bunch of like mystical kind of thing. And I'm not, I don't really believe in anything mystical, but I really believe that humans are powerful observers and that you can do a lot of things that you don't know you can do. And I think improv opens up a lot of those different things. Like there's plenty of people who take an improv class and go, wow, that's amazing. And now I want to do this thing that's completely unrelated or oh, wow, I had no idea, but I think I want to write. Or, oh, I had no idea. Maybe I want to do this other thing. But it really does kind of open you up to kind of, it's the most basic thing a human can do. We're going to make up from nothing. So any kind of art that you're really into, you might discover what that is. Or any kind of like, well, it turns out I really like, you know, I like being in front of people. What should I be doing with that? Or I really like working in a group to create something. What can I do with that? So I really think for me, it was a great thing that it, open me up to those possibilities at a really young age. And there's plenty of people I have that are older students that are like, oh, I had no idea. And it really changes the way that they think about something. And it really helps them because it's never, it's never too late to do anything. Like, go, go, go give it a try. Give it a try. That's our message today. Most of my listeners know anything and everything that we can do to be better in business, I'm there. So I'm going to encourage all of you to meet Michael Lewis, who is the founder of Empire Comedy. Check out his website at empireimprov.com. And if you're looking for something fun, interesting, engaging, and is really going to help you move yourself to another level, then definitely you want to try improv. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.